Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 73. A first for, I mean... <laughs> it is. Say, as not, far not, as we know. Not just because it's 73, as in it's the first time we've had episode 73. <laughs> but a first, uh, as we, I think, indulge quite a bit at the start of the show, a first uh, Olympian and gold medalist, silver medalist. Yeah, uh, She's an Olympic rower. She's Karen Olympic Davies. Rower. Yeah. Um, maybe you've heard of her. I, I didn't know the name until I was introduced, but the more I read about her, the more what impressed and actually human. kind of intimidated I was. Gold medalist from London, gold medalist from Beijing, and yeah. an Olympic rower for the better part of a decade. She is now... Uh, Recently graduated with an MBA from Oxford University and about to study law. Uh, also, yeah, also also graduated from Columbia Law School. Also graduated from Harvard. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know why she was on the show. Why yeah, did she we, take the time? But we probably lied to her. You about know, something. what it was was a great conversation, and I wasn't surprised about that. I was surprised about a lot of her insights and her perspectives. But we talked about parallels and. How one part of your personality and lifestyle can inform, educate, sometimes even clash with other parts of your professional creative career. Yeah, and uh, and what a what a great conversation with her, man. She was like so on point. I mean, it's it's not you know every episode is cool, but there's somewhere it's just like wow, that was great, and this was a great one. So that, that's always exciting. And uh, you know, when we're thinking about episodes, how do they get to you or? kind listener uh they get to you by way of the internet but in between there is a little tool that we use called simplecast which makes podcasting a lot easier for us it gets out of the way as we like to say you know get everything that you don't want to do out of the way and what we don't want to do is deal with a bunch of technical stuff so uh especially if you're interested in podcasting and starting your own thing i can't recommend simplecast enough it's really the easiest Just way the gold standard in simple one-stop publishing for yeah podcasts. so thank you thank you simplecast for supporting the show and uh, for making an awesome tool, respect. And if you're interested in that, uh, you could probably just Google it. But Simplecast.fm will also get you there. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Simplecast, for being the platform that we use and for your support this week. Thank you, Karen Davies, for taking the time to be on a very awesome episode. And for being a badass. And Yeah, just for just kicking ass and being an inspiration. Thank you, listeners, this week and always, for tuning in. We hope you enjoy episode 73 Parallels with Karen Davies. Can you differentiate us? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this is Grant. And then this is Vince. Yeah. So, sometimes I've found there have been a couple okay. times where we've like had a guest on who, like, I feel like clearly they just like... They, they were too polite to ask later in the episode, and they like, had <laughs> yeah. no idea who was They here. refer to us as a collective. Okay, Vince. Grant. I, I don't really feel like uh, tiptoeing this week. You know what I mean? Who, who does? Uh, elves? Do elves tiptoe? They seem like they more they prance. Time. I think they like that's on the balls of their feet. Okay. I think uh, I did once. T- I've told you that story of like my crazy fear of elves growing up. 
You've mentioned it, right? Where I would look under the door and thought they were standing there. Mildly irrational, even as childhood fears go. But yeah. I don't mean to cast judgment. It doesn't mean it's not real. I agree. No. 100%. And it also doesn't mean that they're not real. I'm not just talking about the fear. I mean, mm-hmm. elves. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. I can't disprove it Thank right you, now. Vince. Thank you, Vince. Always so open-minded. <gasps> And if you could tell me, Vince, what are you putting your time into? What are you working on right now? Grant, lots of stuff. Um, a little of everything. You're preparing for Christmas? You know, the decorations are actually going up. Sometimes if you can, soon. you do a little bit of like a post segue. So you've already gotten on to the next topic. And then you, you remember <laughs> or you think of a clever tie-in and you go, oh, and you just yell it. Or even a, a thing that's not related whatsoever. Just a word of the wise. You're welcome. I am busy at work. That's the unexciting answer. Uh, but we are working on an awesome client, the American or the the Animal Humane Society, um, which is not only a great cause but just a great client. The people there are great. Um, I hope anxious. we drop in some like puppy, like little puppy noises here. Some yelps, uh, Pat, yeah, if oh. you could. Perfect. That was a pretty good impression. Even thank you. Um, and hopefully in the near future, in a few shows, I'll be able to actually talk about the work and what we're doing because it's pretty exciting. Um, beyond that, I am working on some personal stuff too, some freelance with Bluebird Gardens, a project on a little application with a friend of mine, and packing because I'm moving this week. Oh, wow. Yep. Exciting. Moving closer to me, yeah? Yes. R- right down the street from where Ooh, we are. Oh, baby. Wow. Uh, so busy, busy. Grant... What about you? What are you putting your time into recently? Uh, we, I say we, I always say we. That's just like a the royal we. Yeah, the royal we. Uh, sh- shot some photos earlier today. Wrapped up a music video shoot over the weekend, uh, which I co-directed for a band called Prince George and a song called Victor, which maybe we'll show notes because it's an awesome song. Honestly, I've been listening to that. You have okay. constantly Isn't over the last great? month. That yeah. song is sick. Yeah, the shoot went went awesome. We had some really talented people involved. It's just Holy. what a treat. What a I had treat. no idea. Yeah, that's what you were working on. Wow. Oh yeah, we had two two music videos last week. Pretty wild. Whew. <laughs> yeah. As they say, whistle. <laughs> As they say in the business, I can't whistle. whistle. You know that. Oh man! But uh, I was going to try and segue and say, I think our next guest is used to whistles because at the start of uh, rowing races, I know they, they must <laughs> but whistle. That's certainly not. Certainly not. not, certainly not. They no, definitely not. Can't be. <laughs> but we we have um, kind of tipped our hat a little bit. <laughs> As to our guest today, and we're both very excited. It's unlike any guest we've it's ever first, had before yeah. in, in a couple of very important right, ways. Right? I mean, I feel like first, probably Harvard grad. First Harvard grad, maybe? I think so, yeah. First Harvard grad. And first Olympian, which is really exciting. Uh, we have Karin Davies on the show today. How are we doing on pronunciation, Karin? Is it Karin? Karin Davies? Karin. Yeah, like a car and then in. Car in. Okay, killing it. Karin Davies, first of all, let me say thank you so much for taking the time to join us. This is exciting for both of us, and it promises to be an interesting and unique look at how, a, a topic. How many medals are we looking at, Karin? Just so we can keep the 10,000 hours uh, show tally accurate, you know? Just, you know, we've got a running total of our guests, and how many are you working with? Um, I actually don't know how many... <laughs> total medals i have i have three olympic medals i think it's seven world championship medals so let's go with 10 10, 000 hours 10 medals how boom, boom, boom. must it be to not be able to count the amount of international competitive <laughs> medals you have 
Wow. I still know how many plastic league trophies I have for my youth tennis organization, yeah. and it's one. It's one third-place trophy, <laughs> in case you were worried. Um, well, Corinne, thank you so much for joining us, and let me do the honors of asking you, what have you been putting your time into recently? Recently, uh, well, I just finished an MBA from Oxford, and that took definitely a lot of time. Uh, that's all? Just finished an MBA? Uh. <laughs> From Oxford? You wow, did okay. you direct any music videos, though? <laughs> That's impressive. Um, cool. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome home. Thanks. So you were, how long were you in London for? Or wait, no, not London, excuse me, right? Oxford. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's close by. I mean, you know, same thing across the pond. Um, I was there about 12 months. It was a 12-month program. Cool. Awesome. Pretty, pretty badass. <laughs> and, and now where are you? I am enjoying some nice downtime at my parents' house in upstate New York. Excellent, but not for long, right? You're about to begin a new career. Paddle again, as they say. Yeah, I'm about to, uh, I'm about to become a corporate lawyer. And you can commence with the lawyer joke. Right yeah, as every young young girl dreams of. <laughs> Someday right. I will become a corporate lawyer. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, congrats, and it sounds it's, it's really pretty cool. insane, actually. I, I think it's a pretty, I mean, if I may say, it's a pretty dope example for other people, and I feel like especially for not to, well, <laughs> hold on, I was like going to check myself on it, but I was going to say, I feel like you're like a pretty awesome role model for women in general. I feel like your path is like not typical. I mean, for all of us, but it, you know, especially as a woman, I feel like it's just really awesome and and, and commendable and and it's inspiring. Applauding, over absolutely. Here. Um, Go, Karen. Yeah, so, thank you. yeah. Well, thank you. Um, maybe before we jump into our topic, because it's going to be informed by this question. Yeah. Would you like to just take? our listeners who aren't familiar through your time as an Olympian and explain, you know, what you competed in and how that started and how it went. Sure. Um, so I, I'll go way back kind of to the beginning. Um, I first decided that I wanted to compete internationally because that's what my brother did. He, what? <laughs> Wait, really? He did junior national team and, you know, I pretty much wanted to, be just like my brother and this uh. is an older brother, do everything he did. Um, so yeah, competed a couple of years on the junior national team, um, went to college and, and rode at Harvard and took a year off while I was in undergrad, competed in 2004 Olympics, won a silver medal. Uh, that silver medal, medal haunted me for the next four years, so I decided to upgrade that. Uh, and in Trade 2008, in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, traded in 2008, uh, we won the gold in Beijing. Beijing. Okay, cool. Then I went to law school, uh, took a year off halfway through law school, went to London, won another gold and, uh, then did an MBA and competed in, uh, the Oxford Cambridge boat race just this past spring. It was the first time the women had competed in that race, and wow. uh, we won that. So yeah, that was, was, I was reading about that. Was it eighteen twenty nine? That race has been going on since something like that. Yeah, something like that for the men. It's uh, more than more well, than a hundred, almost two hundred years I old. I would say it's a bit overdue. Uh, I won't tell <laughs> them how to do their boat race, but that's exciting. And what a career! What a just 
fascinating and inspiring trip. I feel like you don't get to interact with a lot of rowers in your day-to-day life. Yeah. I don't know any rowers, but the, the Winklevoss twins. <laughs> I went to school with them. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. Guess. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, interestingly, I mean, most people say, oh, I don't know any Olympians, and I would venture to guess you probably do. You just don't know it. Yeah. Because a lot of people that I know don't know that I'm an Olympian. That's so funny. That is so silly. Well, but, I mean, perhaps this is a a testament and perhaps a a good segue into what we're talking about today, which is to say that we are not all one identity, and I think especially some more than others, as in the multi-hyphenates, those of us who practice several disciplines and maybe don't necessarily show show that side of ourselves to other people so i mean if you looked at if you looked at just your uh your education and your you know i guess i want to say career but as it is with law especially it seems like that career or like medicine that career doesn't start until well in your 30s but if you look at the the pedigree there uh on paper that's so much more than most people do Without any of the athletics. Yeah, without even <laughs> mentioning the fact that you're a two-time Olympic gold <laughs> medal winner. Yeah. So, so the topic at hand then, and it is indeed a good segue, is parallels. And how certain parts of our lives, our careers, our interests, and our personal profiles complement, overlap with, maybe even clash yeah. with the other parts of our personalities and profiles. And so, I guess the opening question to you, Karen, is how has your time as an Olympian and an athlete impacted and affected your, maybe to, to quantify it in a single term, professional interests and pursuits? So, I think my favorite example, and very relevant to what we were just talking about, uh, becoming a lawyer is I don't get nervous for exams, um, you know, like going and I have given some presentations, um, both speaking as an athlete and I I worked for a judge, so did some things in the courtroom. Um, Because, like, for example, I, I sat down to take my LSAT, which is the, like, law school entrance exam, and I'm looking around the room and these kids around me and they were kids because they were good like five ten years younger than I am were looking so nervous like maybe like they were about to throw up and I sat down and I was like please (laughs) I've sat on the start line at the Olympic Games (laughs) with millions of people watching like the whole world watching you know like this is a piece of cake um so you know once you once you get that level of pressure anything else just kind of seems like eh well, so I would venture, I'd venture to think that maybe that it's not just that you've been there before, but having been there means you've had to prepare for that on some level. And so, do you feel like that uh, has aided you, or or has affected the way you prepare for things? Do you feel like you're just prepared? Uh, it, interestingly, in some ways, uh, preparation. Like, I, I have to learn to be okay with preparation that is not as good as what I'm used to because when you train for four years for something, you know, you show up on the start line and you know you're ready. Like, there's nothing, you know, I, I 
went to the start line knowing that there was nothing more I could have done to prepare for that race. Whereas a lot of presentations or exams, I mean, you just, you know, you work with what you have. Maybe you have a week to study. You kind of just got to roll with it. You're saying so, you don't have four years to study for a test? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends who you are. If you think, if you yeah. think way ahead, maybe some people, <laughs> sure. you know, started studying for their Sounds law like school exams when they were in high school. But, you know, I, I didn't think that far ahead. Um, so that's interesting, though. Like, less... It, well, you're learning more improvisation, it sounds like, as compared yeah. to rowing, which seems really methodical. I mean, sure. right? The, the most methodical. Almost. Yeah. I mean, I, I won't speak for Grant, but I know next to nothing about rowing, Same. except for the fact that the track and field crowd that I was kind of friends with in college would routinely say that the rowing people were among the craziest, most dedicated, <laughs> and most insanely devoted athletes in the entire school, so... I don't know you, if, if that rings true, but... You do have to be just a little bit insane. <laughs> because otherwise you will... Maybe maybe people don't start insane, but you will go just a little bit insane doing the same thing over and over and over. <sighs> often at, you know, before yeah, sun rises. Early, yeah. But <laughs> that in and of itself is its own type of preparation or at least acclimatization, right? When you have context and maybe it's, you know, this can't be that scary because I've been in front of the entire world's eye on the Olympic stage. Or this can't be that boring because I've done the same <laughs> practice every morning for four years, right? Context yeah. goes a long way. And you can find context not only in your field of study and not only in your career, but you can find it elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, anything you do that you achieve a high level... Yeah. Um, obviously, you can apply lessons from that to so, other things. So maybe this is an interesting time to dig into the education then a bit. I mean, it, I have to imagine you didn't just show up at Harvard <laughs> at uh, orientation. And I mean, you must have been interested in learning and been learning, quote unquote, at a high level prior to that. I mean, where did that start and, and how did that maybe parallel the athletics? Um, so I've heard, uh, something about champions and that's that they hate to lose more than they love to win. And I think in a lot of ways that applied to academics for me as well. Like I just hated getting a poor test score. So I did what I had to do to avoid it, which is, (laughs) you know, I had to do my work. It wasn't necessary that I was, I was, I had these lofty goals of, I will, be, I don't know, the best lawyer or whatever. I didn't always want to be a lawyer, but, you know, I will be the smartest person I can possibly be. I was like, I don't want to embarrass myself by getting a, a low score when I know I can do better. It's actually deep-seated, like, insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fuel for that fire. Right. But that is such a, that's actually a very insightful perspective because I don't think that's the narrative when you hear about champions and when no. you speak about high-level achievers. Uh, it's always this very aspirational type of you want to set a precedent, you want to break barriers. Wanted to be, they wanted to be the best. Exactly. <laughs> but what you're saying is you don't want to suffer like achieving <laughs> under than what you yeah. might be able to do. Like underachieving for you is as horrible an outcome as it could possibly be. 
Yeah, I mean, you want to be the best just because you don't want anybody else to be the best. <laughs> you want to be the best. <laughs> this is interesting. I mean, I used to, I've talked about this on the show several times where I was saying, like, my biggest fear was not reaching my potential. Mm. And actually, mm-hmm. if I'm going to just draw some parallels of my own here, I think that's a reason I don't like, or I sort of fell out of love with mathematics, and a reason I don't like the competition of, uh, and at least from my outsider view of, like, of rowing, which seems like you could only not be perfect, you know, like you can only lose. Like there's no, to me, I think like, well, there is, but to me, it's like, there's no style points, which is, Mm. which is again, almost for me, at least born of insecurity in that, like, that means I could win no matter what. It's like in, in English class, I could just make up something and get the answer right. Quote unquote. Sure. Instead of math where there is like such a quantifiable yes or no, you're correct. On the other hand, it's really nice to know that it's in your control. Like with something that's very measurable measurable, and is not judged, you know, Mm. you know that if you put in the time and if you cross that line before the next person, yeah, then you've won. You never have to say, oh, that wasn't fair. You know, that judge doesn't like me or something like that. And it's... So it's it's been about it's about control too for me. Mm, Interesting. Totally, totally. So do you see any parallels between this and the career you're pursuing in law? Uh well, <laughs> I don't yet feel in control. Uh I am starting as a first year associate, which means that uh, I pretty much have to do what they tell me. But on the other hand, <laughs> I have spent the last 15 years uh you know doing whatever a small person who weighs 115 pounds and sits in front of me tells me, and I pretty much do it without questioning. Uh, but, you know, she had to earn my trust. Um, so so silly. I, I guess I just have to trust that our interests align, which, you know, I think the people I'll be working with, I think uh, we got the same goals there. I mean, and isn't, th- isn't that such a a point like a thing we don't talk about enough i feel like which is aligning interests aligning motivations like aligning intentions i know we're not talking about that per se but like that's just i feel like i find that to be true in most of my creative work is how can i do that how can i like make sure we're all on the same page and we're all we're all rowing toward the same goal right <laughs> no 100 well that's funny you don't talk about that much but that's I just spent the last twelve months at business school. That's like all we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so interesting. Right? See, you know, it interests me, and maybe this just shows a lack of understanding. But when I think about the f- legal field, it's very much a, a a career of interpretation and of convincing people and of persuasion and of like creatively interpreting and applying knowledge and. Not that there's not room for creativity in rowing, but that's much more of a technical pursuit. And so it's not like you ended up being an engineer. Yet, You're pursuing law. So but, I'm just curious, like, where are the overlaps and where are the disconnects? And is there any tension there? Uh, so, I mean, well, let's just, let's just get this straight. My interpretation is right. But beyond <laughs> that. <laughs> okay, Karen. <laughs> All right. Um, no, uh, I think... So especially for corporate law where you're writing contracts and, and it's kind of the devil is in the details and um, you have to get the wording exactly right. I've always been really interested in grammar and structure, sentence structure. Um, so I, I do think that, uh, yeah, it will I ultimately, if, a con- if something goes wrong, a contract 
will ultimately be interpreted by a judge in litigation. Um, I think there's, there's a right way and a wrong way. <laughs> and hopefully you get it right so that it gets interpreted your way. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I mean, that's fascinating. It's, it's proof of concept, right? It's that my perception of it was not the same as your perception of it. And your perception of it, I mean, not unsurprisingly, but it makes perfect sense that it would be kind of in line with uh, the pursuits of, of your past. I'm sort of curious to jumping back a little bit just now that we've we've jumped forward and we've heard more about that I am a little bit curious about like your origin story in terms of I know you said your brother you kind of wanted to follow him but do you feel like you just seem like an incredibly disciplined person or at least the implication to me is that one who does any of those things it requires a high level of discipline where do you feel like that came from and was that, was that, is that, is your brother the same way then if he's pursuing the same things? I actually think my brother's a lot more disciplined than I am. I remember when he was in school, he would have his problem sets done and be in bed by like 9.30 p.m. And I'd be, uh, I'd be procrastinating and then staying up all night the night before a paper was due. Um, and I, I actually, I'm not convinced, at least for me, I don't, I wouldn't say that um, my rowing success required a lot of discipline. Uh, first of all, huh? <laughs> we're, we're both looking at each other like you're actually crazy for saying that, by the way, because to me, it take, it seems like it has taken a superhuman level of discipline. Yeah. <laughs> so when I, think about discipline, I imagine some sort of deprivation, like making yourself do something that you don't want to do. Whereas when I think about the years that I spent rowing, I did it because it was fun and I loved it. And yeah, I had to make sure that I got to training on time, but there was a coach that told me what time to show up versus I think for, for sports or um, maybe people who work for themselves where you actually, you have to make your schedule and you have to show up and, and do the workout or do the work. I think that requires a lot more discipline than when you have a team who's waiting for you. This is so funny to me just because like I am, so I am that, like I have cr- crafted my own career path and my own workflow and all of the things I'm doing. And I'm sitting here like, ugh, just feeling horrible when I'm thinking about you. <laughs> like, I mean, not, not totally, but I'm thinking like, oh my God, like, can't believe she did this or how does she do that? Or wow, that <laughs> mu- that's like, you know, it, it, it's like, wow, what a high level of achievement that I'm not capable of because I'm like, you know, trying to take the uh, creative route and go, go around the right or wrong answer and just kind of find my own. That's just so funny. I mean, this is, this is true for so many things in that from the other side of the fence, it looks like, <laughs> wow, how do they do that? How is that? But, you know, but it's still like, it's miraculous to me when it comes to, it's so funny. I mean, uh, I feel that way about you. You know, you've, you've got all these creative things going on. You write for a magazine, you produce a podcast. Um, I don't, I can't discipline myself. Well, I probably could, but I don't want to discipline myself to sit down and, and do that work for myself without someone 
kind of giving me a schedule and and giving me a reason to do it and as we talked about earlier giving me incentives like yeah. for me the incentive is like i i don't want to let down my teammates i want to go and have a really great time rowing at these regattas internationally so I, yeah that's <laughs> that, out. cool it's respect thank you thank you it, it, it's so that's that's a, a really great point too though i think for people which is i did not expect you to say that like when you're talking about how how it actually didn't take discipline, but it makes sense. And and the it, way you explained it makes sense. The original statement oh, still seems so ludicrous. absurd to me. <laughs> but it the way you explain it does make sense because when you when you pick a path that's true to your nature, not to sound a little esoteric about no, it, but it's, like when you're when it's in line with the way you think and the way you like to do things, then truly it is the path of least resistance, and your success is a bit laid out for you the best i mean it's the best like when you're doing stuff you're really into and working the way you like to work oh it just is really the best i i I highly recommend it (laughs) so i mean but maybe you could maybe you can speak to that i don't know if you can but like in terms of finding that because i i think a lot of this show a lot of the stuff we talk about we talk about self-awareness a lot we talk about like finding your but like for you what what do you feel like has been a, a big a factor in finding what you were passionate about or, or discovering that? I mean, in a lot of ways, I think I just got lucky. <laughs> um, I literally was in the supermarket when I was 12 years old and I was real tall and lanky and the <laughs> rowing coach like strode up and pointed at me Uncle Sam style and said, I want you for rowing. What? So if you're out there and you're treading water and you can't figure out which direction to go in, just go to the Find supermarket. Find your local Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah, just like wander around. Maybe it's a Trader Joe's. <laughs> Look like yourself. Just hang out and wait for some coach. Yeah, coach or you know. So it's a fascinating question, and I've said the word fascinating a lot lately. But it really is Um, whether we adapt to our circumstances and we excel because of them, or whether we're fortunate enough to be predestined to what we're good at. So there were certain schools of thought that would say like. If you hadn't been plucked out to be a rower in that strange moment in time, you would have excelled at whatever else you decided to do. And the other side of the coin is it was truly luck, or if you're the type of person to believe it, fate, that lined you up with the career in rowing. I'm curious, do you believe either of these, some combination of the two, or or neither? Um. It's probably somewhere in between. So when what you're asking about, like, how can, you know, how can other people find what they're good at and what they love? I, I think that a lot of people won't be lucky in the way I was and, and won't just like stumble into something they love. But I do think you can, uh, you can create ways to, for whatever you're doing to for you to love it or or at least give yourself incentives um so that you can be successful at whatever you're doing even though it's not necessarily like the ideal thing that you might love to do for example um when i was training on my own and therefore didn't have teammates necessarily waiting for me at the boathouse um i would 
I would just like pick the smallest little things to motivate myself. Like I would think, okay, if I get up now, then I can have breakfast. You'll start to notice a lot of a lot of incentives for me come with food. Yeah, so yeah. I'll like <laughs> get up at five thirty in the morning because I can eat breakfast immediately. And then halfway through my workout, I'm going, Oh my God, I really don't Okay, but if I just get through this workout, then I can go have my second breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would just savor like that every day after training I would go to the same bakery and get coffee and a muffin to the point where when I walked in the door, they'd have my coffee and my muffin like waiting for me ready. Oh, that's got to be a good feeling. Um, and I would just savor that. And and so if you if you can find a way to reward yourself for whatever you're doing, and you end up enjoying it, and the more you enjoy it, the better you get at it. And yeah, you get at it probably the more you I, like it. I, this is funny to me because this is that same insecurity I feel where I go, oh wow, that the work, the time, the energy put in by you is uh, is so it makes me feel not actually bad, but I'm, you know, for a second I go, oh, and the reason is because a lot of my work generally is so instantly gratified, as in, I want to make a design, I want to do a thing, whatever, I mean, it really, there there are some projects and efforts that will take uh, more time, more energy, more resources, whatever, but if I really want to, a lot of my work can be just instantly gratified. I can I can sit down and make, and then I have, you know, it's there. And so I see something really beautiful and sort of like almost masochistic in <laughs> in the effort that doesn't show so obviously that that you know it almost. It's almost like there's like more faith or more something spiritual about that, as in you don't see it so quickly, and it's like you're taking a leap. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible. Well, I mean, maybe it's just a dirty little secret that you you got to find ways to to reward yourself. Yeah. In the interim, like people who uh, I've had teammates kind of come to me and say they're not sure about whether they want to keep going and all the way to the Olympics. And I say, you got to decide that whether or not you make it to the Olympics, it will have been worth it. Like you will have enjoyed the last year or two years or whatever. You will have gotten something out of it. It's not, it's not really all about that end goal. Sure. That gives you purpose and direction, but you still have to have little interim uh, goals and interim successes in order to keep on the right track. So I think that might have been like um, among the most important things so far that we've like touched on and revealed because what you're really saying is, and you mentioned it before, it didn't feel like discipline to you waking <laughs> up every day, rowing, practicing, training, Psycho. putting in your time. It, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And when we talk about parallels and things that kind of line up, the thing that parallels have in common despite being separate is that they're heading in the same direction. The lines go toward the same point. And in that, we can kind of start to discover, like, even though we can have disparate interests, the underlying motivations for them can be common. And I think that's starting to reveal itself in how you're sharing your personal story with us. And I feel like it's applicable to my own life and Grant probably the same for you. Totally. Yeah. Wow. We can all motivate by food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also that. <laughs> we can all look forward to a good meal at the end of the day. I know I'm I'm headed out. I'm, I'm a one dinner. a day guy. I, you know, I just have one meal. If I, if I put in a solid twelve hours of work, then I'll eat at the end of the day. 
Is that actually That's true? That's not accurate. No, certainly not. I, I do find, though, actually, in, in similar ways, like, I will get up off something light in the morning, and then I work really hard to, I mean, I don't, I don't like to get up too early, but I'll work really hard to, like, a lunch, and it's, like, a good motivator to get me there, and then it's, you know, a little reward. You know what, Greg? I'm going to do a little bit of an audible and kick it over to the off-topic topic, which I won't introduce this week. Out of respect. Wow. Um, but this week's off-topic topic, let's talk about eating habits, eating schedules. Wow. Respect. <laughs> indeed. Woo. So, Corinne, I'm interested, what does your daily eating schedule look like? I mean, we, we both know that Olympians uh, all follow the Michael Phelps rule. You all do about 12,000 a day, is it? 12,000 calories, 17 small meals. <laughs> Um, I was probably eating about 4,500 calories when I was in training. Uh, for women, it's a little, it's a little less. I think the male rowers eat like 6,000. And honestly, when Michael Phelps says that he eats 12,000 calories, he's calories, he's taking his like most day when he's ate them, eaten the most calories. Like if yeah. he ate 12,000 every day, he would be fat. Anybody would. <laughs> screw, screw that guy. I think that's a lot of calories. I, 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 we can all just, agree. He was just trying to impress you. <laughs> yeah. Well, he failed. Michael, if you're listening, <laughs> fuck you. Um, well, all you people out there, don't don't try that at home. <laughs> what? So what? But now that you're not rowing at an Olympic level anymore, what does your calorie intake look like? What does your normal day-to-day eating habit resemble? I'm still trying to figure that out. It's not long ago that I that's stopped. Awesome. Training. <laughs> that's awesome, though. That like that you're still trying to figure it out. It makes me feel better. <laughs> Just in general. I'm, but yeah, my new training plan is the don't get fat training plan. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I have literally. It's been like almost 20 years since I last wasn't you know training at a high level. Wow, so. that's insane. I mean, that's like <laughs> such a. I mean, I applaud you for taking the next steps. I, th- I think it's. Well, I don't want to get back like on topic or on tone with that, but it is interesting to think that like you have such a set regimen and a set kind of way of being and then to evolve and to move on to the next stage. It's like, yeah, it's kind of scary. I'm I the one thing that I don't want to give up is to breakfast. Breakfast is the best meal of the day. Well, because you get up so early, right? Do you still get up really early? Um. I will when I start working again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I like to eat breakfast and then work out and then eat another breakfast. That's that's pretty that's cool. Like my favorite thing. That's fascinating um, because, at least from a personal point of view, like if I eat anything before like one p.m., I'm like nauseous. Like I only drink coffee before one p.m. I haven't had breakfast since I was fifteen years old. I do really like to. Yeah, I do like yogurt and some granola in there and then maybe fruit. That sounds like even too much to me. Occasionally, if I like wake up late on a weekend, I can have brunch. Like I can maybe stump. I can, I can get on board with brunch. And you brunch. don't actually even, how late do you stay up? I stay up late and I actually wake up pretty early. Okay. Like I just don't operate on a ton of sleep, but yeah, I can't. I don't know. I can't eat. I, I I'm just to, not used to it. I'm about that. Like in the morning, like I just can't do a big breakfast. I can brunch for sure. But I do find like if I don't eat anything, I get like, no, nah, I get nauseous eventually because I'm always, I, you know, I'm usually having some coffee and then it's like by lunchtime, I'm like, <laughs> wait, how are you again? 
Um, it's a little bit like. <laughs> oh, actually, you even owned it better the second time. That's <laughs> respect for that. Thanks, um, well, that's got to be just an in- well, indication well, that what are those breakfasts. Sorry, I'm just. Oh, um, I'm I sorry. Mean- I just want. I'm like, I'm really hungry right now. I think you are too, Vince. Yeah, and I'm just like picturing that. I'm a big fan of breakfast. Uh, so definitely before working out, oatmeal because oats move boats. Wow, wow. <laughs> and uh, and coffee, and then after working out, you know, maybe like a muffin and some yogurt or some toast. Or, okay, yes. That sounds it's like not, something crazy. Wasn't but, as cool uh, as honestly. Yes. When I first pictured this, I was like, "Oh, she probably has like a dozen flapjacks prior to working out." Afterwards, <laughs> there's six there's, egg omelet. Yeah, there's no doubt this is going to be maybe a Southwest style. She yeah, got some peppers course. in there, maybe some some uh, An entire grilled chicken breast. Um, <laughs> hey, if you want to cook that for me, I'll eat it. I've got time. All right, if we're in the, the if we're is, in the same place, you can hold me to that. I'll make you breakfast okay. <laughs> next time. Next time we're in the same place, or I might order it. Either way. I feel like actually the way that I live is a huge curse because I love breakfast food. Oh, just in uninhibitedly, I'm a huge fan. My favorite is the classic steak and eggs. Ah. I like over easy, like very, very, very easy. Like barely, like if I breathe on it too hard, it it explodes. You want it to be bleeding, which is absolutely tough for an egg, (laughs) and the steak to be rare. So I just like visceral juicy breakfast respect but if i eat it early i'm just gonna like be like tired and bloated the whole day yeah. i just go no food for the first nine ten you hours you gotta get day. that metabolism going though yeah i mean right Karn? yeah i mean i i've been told uh, don't believe <laughs> anything you read yeah but allegedly yeah. uh you know what is it breakfast like a king lunch like a i don't know Peasant. lord and son like a pauper oh yeah, so you, you're supposed to scale down the food or, as you go like, on. Or is it just like, be a king? Or know? is it Fair drink, only drink coffee in the morning, then eat a horrible fatty frozen lunch, and then binge on snacks <laughs> that for saying. nine consecutive <laughs> hours in the evening? Yeah, that's so Because I, I heard that's how it went. Yeah, you're, I, you're, you're, you were in a non-traditional family. I think they... <laughs> They imbued some interesting. Uh, I think those, ideas. those habits are all self-made. I, so don't don't bring my family. I'm into all it. about that eggs Benedict life. It's those are like, sensational. I am just such a such a fan. Uh, and and a good glass of OJ. Sign me up, brother. Oh, actually, Bloody Marys. Do you drink, Karn? I do. Okay, nice. Do you like Bloody Marys? I do. Do you like mimosas? That's what I drink in the morning. Um, I mean, I don't have them every morning, but yeah, <laughs> I can enjoy a good Respect. drink with breakfast. <laughs> but I think the important question is, who are you siding with, me or Grant? Yeah, are you, yeah, really, are you a Bloody Mary oh, with Bloody woman Mary or a mimosa. mimosa woman? I'm a huge champagne fan, so I'm going to have to go with mimosa. You clearly are a woman of great ba- taste. That would have been badass if you had said, I'm a huge champagne fan. Uh, so I like Bloody Marys, though. <laughs> They're way better. <laughs> that stupid I, orange juice. <laughs> I had a mentor once tell me, if you don't have champagne in your fridge, you're either married or dead. And you know what? I'm neither <laughs> of those, so I now keep champagne in my Respect. fridge. Respect. I, I will say, especially God, in summer great. months, like Prosecco, I'm like on that game about, <laughs> about that life. <laughs> Absolutely. Huge Eggs champagne fan. Prosecco, Bloody Marys. What more do we need? <laughs> Honestly, a I'm starving. A I need to get team. out of here and go get some food. So on that do you note. Have dinner puns? Yeah, I actually do. Son I'm, I'm meeting a woman. I was going to ask you to. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Wait, you really? Said you're meeting a woman. Okay. Oh, did you? Meeting oh, a woman. He's God, that would have been that would have been so lewd. This is a family <laughs> show, Karen. Please, I meet. I am meeting someone for dinner plans. <laughs> no doubt, every single episode has that little. Is it an R, an X, or just an exclamation? Uh, that it's a little implies, explicit. Yeah. yeah, explicit content. Oh yeah, it's actually. Full we kind of swear at length, but. Kind of. We kind of swear at length. <laughs> we literally constantly swear. But yes. that being said, I think this is as good a time as any to jump back into okay. the topic at hand and ask our gracious guest, who really has been gracious so far with our answers so far, um, to <laughs> so answer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Two more questions. As they say in the biz, there are still a few paddles to go. Uh, no, wait, a few lengths. A few lengths, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, nice. It's not over till it's over. It's not over till the last length is l- l- done. So you cross the finish line. <laughs> okay, go across the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> Corinne, would you be kind enough to answer us two questions? You can just answer these in order. First is, if you would want our listeners to support you, how could they support you? And the, oh. And the second question is... What would you want our listeners, one thing, to take away from your time on the show? All right. Particularly Um, as it relates to parallels, if you could. But you know what? It's up to you. It's your show. I mean, oh, wait. (laughs) Okay, so um, how listeners can support me. So I've uh, been doing a lot of corporate or or also, you know, nonprofit, whatever, speaking gigs lately. Cool. I'd love to do that. Um, So if... Anybody Sorry. out there wants me to come give a talk for your next conference or uh, whatever, then get in touch with me. Um, I Probably the best way to do that is through Facebook. Um, I am at Karin Parmentier Davies. It's pretty easy to find. C-A-R-Y-N-D-A-V-I-E-S. Um, and what was that? What was the second one? Advice? Well, that, I, oh, the takeaway. Take we'll, that. We'll link we'll, that. We'll show notes that. Yeah, we'll show notes that. And just for some context, what do you usually speak about? Is it like um, your, your career as an Olympian, motivational, that type of thing? Yeah. Uh, so I tailor the talk to whatever, you know, whatever the person who's requesting needs. But, for example, uh, speaking about teamwork, that's a pretty obvious one. Um, recently I did a speech about grit and perseverance yeah. and, uh, putting in, putting in the time. Yes. I believe you, didn't you send me, you sent me something, which was really cool. So you had been quoted in something. Yeah. What was that? Oh, um, yeah, it was, it was in rowing magazine. Ah. Um, and it was literally about like yeah. 10,000 10, hours and getting good at something. And it was like, well, you know, even if you put in 10,000 hours, you might still not be a Mahe Drysdale or a Karen Davies. It's <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> awesome. The, wow. the that's got to be a cool. <laughs> that's got to be nice. Um, yeah, it was a pretty awesome shout out. Fascinating. Um, uh, cool. So we'll, we'll show notes that and we'll show notes your Facebook so people can get in touch with you. And the awesome. second question is, what would you want our listeners to take away from your time? On the show. Uh, what I want listeners to take away, I mean, I, was, I really loved what we were talking about with um, discipline, in that discipline is not about deprivation. Discipline is about finding ways to uh, incentivize yourself to do what you want yourself to do. <laughs> totally. 
I mean, I think we agree wholeheartedly. So it's, some, it's a it's a topic we've broached a couple times before on the show, and it's that self awareness and finding about uh, finding what you really want and being honest with yourself is the most difficult thing you can do, but it's the most rewarding thing you can do. I mean, it, from anyone's perspective, this is what we were talking about before, but you, from the outside looking into high achievement, it's it's so hard to even comprehend how that's possible, but it's because that person most likely and most typically, I think, has tapped into an almost uh, uh, irrepletable, is that kind of irrepletable yeah. resor- resource of of just passion and energy because that's what they want. It's what they want to do and they're motivated to do it. And so it, it just like, it becomes. <laughs> and so I think that's fantastic advice for people. I mean, of course the challenge is in finding that, but I mean, I, I think even one can start by just putting in energy, even, even if it doesn't feel so passion filled at the get go. I think, I think that kind of can come too, or it can at least lead you to a path that is, and, and you'll find, you'll find oil elsewhere. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've Start heard digging, it described yeah. in, in sometimes like you can find love at first sight. And if you're really <laughs> lucky, you, that that'll happen to you, but you can find love at third sight or fourth sight as well. And it's no less romantic, like totally. put in some time and see if you, if that's your passion. We're not all so lucky, as you said, Karen. Like that, or Karen, excuse me. Karen. Oh, damn it. We almost we did got through so the, well. We're so good. We're killing it. We'll edit that out, right? I'm just kidding. We're, <laughs> we, we don't, we don't we do never that. Edit we don't do that, does. No, um, I, I answer to many things. My brother used to say, hey, stupid. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, at least we haven't gotten to that level yet. <laughs> and yet, there are still a few links left in this. <laughs> is this called a course? I don't we know. What is what, is it a course? <laughs> do, you, do you race on a course? Yeah, yeah, race course. It's a course. Okay. Okay, well, good. We've done well guessing at race terminology. Today. Yeah, we're not doing so bad. <laughs> it's yeah. a, actually pretty unprecedented for the show, but for something pretty precedented, I do have one last request of you, Karen. Um, our personal mantra... Hey, stupid. Could you... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. That's just actually in terrible taste. Yeah? Um, you're a good sport, Karen. Um, <laughs> Much like rowing. Wow. That's actually pretty good. Nice. Thanks, um, We sign out with the words ship it, and we ask our guests to say ship it because we believe that ship it is kind of, uh, there are words to live by in a way, and that if it, is, if it doesn't ship, it isn't our Finish the race. Exactly. Put something out there for people to react to. Otherwise, you really haven't done anything. <laughs> Corinne, thank you so much for your insight and for your time on our show today could you sign us out yeah and just for just being an inspiration could you sign us out with a ship it yeah take it and ship it